Episode 52. Well, good evening, gentlemen, and welcome to the 52nd episode of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone. And this is Suchirio. Guys, it is crit season, and we just came off a pretty fun-packed, full-speed, sunsetty crit racing evening uh, last night. Well, one of us was racing and two of us were race promoting. That's true. Yep. I was racing around trying to get photos. But yes, uh, crit racing in full swing out on uh, the shores of Lake Pontchartrain last night in New Orleans and lots of crit racing going on around the country. USA Crits is in full swing. This is that critting time of year, right? Yeah. So we're going to just jump right into it. We have called up our good friend, uh, Thomas Gibbons, last year's winner of the Harlan Skyscraper Classic. And he is going to talk to us a little bit about crits. And so we're hoping to get a few uh, tips and pointers for him to uh, impart to all our listeners who can they can use on the rest of this uh, wonderful crit season. Also going to open up the line to callers if we have anybody that wants to call I in think to so. ask Thomas uh, any our questions. Our lines are open and waiting for your calls. Yeah, it's uh, 555-1234. That's 555-1234. Tom, I saw you on the uh, start list, and I was excited to get to watch you in this big crit. And you know, since I've talked to you, it's kind of like you know, I got a, I got I got a friend in the race, and they give yeah. you a call up, and then you weren't there. So first of all, Tom, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you back, and I'm really yeah, happy. For- <laughs> I'm really happy you answered your Skype call because I fa- I just hope, wasn't hoping you're going to miss that, like. Your call up so i won it last year but last year it wasn't usa crits and so since it was now under new organization i figured there was like a 50 50 shot of me getting a call up uh so i was just chilling in the back in the shade because it was kind of hot i was like i'd rather just miss my call up and stay a little bit cool and out of the fray than you know stand in the blazing sun for 15 minutes while they get the ambulances off the course from the previous race and sweat and be tired and it just wasn't worth it and it's an easy enough like wide open race where there's no real penalty to start in the back so i was yeah. just kind of hit yeah they did like three different national anthems and like a four or five songs at the beginning so i think that's probably a smart choice by you yeah well there was a pretty bad crash at the end of the women's race so they had Gil trying to clear the ambulances off the road. So, so how, yeah. how was that race for you? You finished seventh, was it? Yeah, uh, it was tough. It, everything went great. I mean, it went exactly how I wanted it to go and how I expected it to go and was 90% sure it was going to go. And then going into the last turn on the last lap, uh, I clipped Shane Klein's wheel as he moved across. I was caught on the wrong side, clipped his wheel, so I had to go backwards around and start my sprint. And once you start going backwards that late, it's just too much ground to make up. So. I, I love the disappointment in your voice when you know Bodie asks if you finished uh, seventh, and you say disappointingly, "Yeah." I'm, like, I'm thinking like any of the three of us, if we'd have finished seventh in the Harlem. Uh, uh, skyscraper classic we'd be like yeah top 10 well he well, won it last year last year yeah i get it that that's the <laughs> different that's the difference between him and us i get big it. difference yeah yeah uh well and shane klein and he's he's doing he, he it's weird he rides for smart stop which is not really a team anymore but he's on like an independent program for the track Do you, yeah that's i don't know i don't i don't really know much about 
what he's doing. But yeah, it kind of seems like he's just doing a solo ride this year on the road. And I think just focusing on a build towards the Olympics. So probably any sort of fitness and results he gets in the road scene or just residual from the work he's doing on the track. Yeah. I think that's probably his focus right now. And I got to say, that I don't... Was... Oh, oh, go ahead. That's it. I was going to say, uh, it was also cool to see Justin Williams uh, win that race and the quite the reception he got at the finish line. I hadn't seen anything like that at a crit race, uh, I don't think, ever. Um, did you Were you able to witness any of that? Were you close by? Yeah, the uh, the crowd was fairly hyped for that. <laughs> yeah. They were nuts. Yeah, that was, that, like was, a, that was like a track sprinter winning, winning the, you know, 100 meters and, like, wrapping themselves in the flag and having everybody coming up and, you know, yeah, jumping on them and celebrating in a big, you know, big celebration circle. That was a that was a ton of fun. You don't usually see that at a bike race. That was awesome. I agree with Bodie. That was, uh, that was really exciting to see that celebration. So yeah. ta- talking about your race, you know, you, you weren't at the front line because you didn't call up, and I was watching the race, and you were at the, the very – you were almost like tailgunning the race for almost all of it, and you mentioned it's a wide-open race. And then right when it got to the pointy end of things, boom, there you were. Um, so obviously, I mean, talk us through a little bit um, about like how you did that and why you were able to do that and just your whole thinking in, in your crit strategy for that race. So you got to look at every race individually, like the, the course, who's there, the history of the race, how it normally goes. And so if I tried to pull that same thing last week or two weeks ago in Arlington, probably gaps open and I don't even finish because it was just like five turns, super tight, sprinting out of every turn. But with Harlem, I had done it before. Um, every turn, it's like a four-lane road, 90-degree turn onto another four-lane road, and it's just wide open. So it's kind of like just being on a track. You never have to touch the brakes. And so if you're in the front and you're fighting, I mean, it's still pretty easy in the front. Um but there's just a little bit more contact, a little bit more battling going on, and it's just a lot of stress over an hour and 15 minutes. And so if you know that there's going to be a super high speed where you don't have to touch the brakes in the corners and you can kind of judge it, let off the gas going in, and really fly through, you can carry momentum. You're never sprinting. I mean, you basically just get sucked along for an hour. And then because of that, since you spent no energy, when it bunches up with 20 laps to go or 15 laps to go, then you can just like bang, put in five hard pedal strokes, and then you're in the front. And then you get to fight. But yeah, there's, there was no sense in fighting for a whole hour leading into that final. Well, speaking of that, uh, of that strategy for the crit, I think we have a caller on the line, Thomas, uh, who... Uh, would would love to hear a little bit more about uh, your tips for crit racing. Uh, Kohler, uh, could you uh, this say is, who you uh, are and where you're from? This is Elise from New Orleans. Is that right? Hi. Yes. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hello, Elise. Hi. This is Elise from New Orleans. Um, I, I feel like I maybe know you guys a little bit. I feel like I've been on this podcast before. Your voice um, you guys familiar. have taken. Yeah, you guys have taken my calls before, mm. um, so thank you for for <laughs> for letting me join you today. Um, but yeah, first I'd like to say I detect a little bit of a New Jersey accent here. A little bit. A little bit. Okay, gotcha. I am from New York, so um, oh, okay. from Queens, so I can I I, I can hear um, one of my tri-state people. When, when we're in the room. Um, but anyway, so um, just as a little bit of background, um, we are uh, one race into the Punch a Train Beach Summer Series, which is being thrown partly by the Yayu Ride team along with the cycling club that um, we are all a part of down here in New Orleans. And um, it's really exciting because it's a really nice local crit. Uh, which means that we get to, you know, bike to the course and then bike home. Um, the thing that, you know, I think a lot of my teammates, especially on um, the women's side, that the thing that they struggle with the most is, you know, um, what we see of crits is they're fast, 
you know, they can be really dangerous and they're intimidating. And so, you know, we, we had a few questions for you. Um, and I think I kind of want to just start with, you know, what are your top tips for crits? What do you think, you know, you're, you're at the line, um, you know, if you're at the, if you're at the front or not, it's, it's you know, whether or not it's, you know, you, you get there, but what, you know, what comes to mind? What's the first thing you think when you, you know, when your pedal goes down and you're ready to go? Uh, don't panic and don't break. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, that, that leads to my next question. <laughs> Ooh, so follow-up question. Oh, can I expand on that a little bit? Yes, sure. please. Um, please. So the whole don't panic thing, the don't break thing, sort of kidding. Uh, but the don't panic thing is, I think, really good advice. Because when you start a crit, everything's really tight. Everybody's so close around you. And since right. it's such a short race, it tends to be like, it feels really frantic the whole time. Mm -hmm. And because mm -hmm. it feels frantic, you feel the need to make a decision right now and to react to everything and go, 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 go. But what you need to do is just take a deep breath, like calm down, look around, try to get your bearings and just assess the situation. Like watch what's happening. Don't just okay. like, freak out. Okay. That's fair. I think that's. That's that's a good piece of advice. Um, to follow up with both of those, so um, the women's four five race, which is also uh, the uh, the first race of the night for the for the Pontchartrain Beach Series, is um, the women's four five, uh, men's five, and the juniors race. And so it's a short race; it's twenty minutes long. Um, you know, it, I think. Um, I personally had trouble last night because I was like, this is 20 minutes. You know, if you, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to miss an attack. I don't want to, um, you know, place myself wrong within the first lap or two, because I feel like that would, that would really not be helpful for me. So what, what do you think in terms of, you know, a short race like that, 20 minutes, 30 minutes where you have a little bit of time to play and, and kind of feel things out, but you really just need to stay on your toes. How do you not panic in those situations is what I'm asking. Um, so you, first thing you have to consider is field size. Mm -hmm. And I know, um, just from watching and my girlfriend also races from comparing our two races, they go completely differently. Right. Right. I think that's primarily driven by field size. Correct. And so I don't know like how many people were in your field. Six. Exactly. So that gets really tenuous. Then you do have to follow everything. But there's also okay. a mixed field with the, the men's fives. Uh, how many, right. What was the total number of riders out there, Townsend? Probably um, 25. It was, yeah, because we had, we had some juniors out there. We had about 13 of the Cat 5 men. And then we had six women. Okay. And you're primarily focused on the women. Like, they're all scored separately, yeah, right? Scored separately. Yes. Yeah, so in that situation, you have to treat that as if it's been a 100-mile race mm -hmm. and you're in a, a six-woman selection going into the last 20K of a race. Got and it. You follow everything at that point. So the don't panic one, I mean, you're still not panicking because you know what you got to do. Right. Just, somebody moves, you go. Because what happens in a small field like that, if somebody clips off the front, now there's only five people to chase and they start – looking around at each other because everybody's exposed because they know as soon as I do the work, I'm going to get burned. Yeah. You got to make sure you're not put on the back foot there. So, okay. Thomas, I've, I've got a question to follow up on that. So if you're imagining that you're, you know, you're already at deep into a, a long race and then yeah. you basically, you're going to be going hard, chasing down everything. Um, what do you do before the race to get yourself ready for that that kind of situation? Because just coming in cold, I would imagine, is not going to be a good thing. Are you referring more to warm up or training? I guess. I mean, I, I guess on the day, the warm up. Yeah. Um. So I'm not a great person to ask. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because you're not you're not fond of warming up, or or you're just you're just always amazing. I it just doesn't really make much of a difference for me. Okay. I don't know. I remember seeing a thing. Uh, I think it was on one of the like uh, Mitchelton Scott things. And, and Svein Tuft was, was basically saying he has to do a lot of work before a stage to get ready for it. Whereas when, you know, when he was young, he didn't really have to do anything. And now like the older he gets, the, 
the yeah. more the more warm up he needs to do. So what you would want to do is if you're going to warm up and you should warm up, that's the official word. You should warm up. Uh, start. So the longer the event, the shorter the warm up. The shorter the event, the longer the warm up. Okay. Uh, you want to start very easy in your zone one, and you want to do a gradual build up to about your lactate threshold. You don't want to go above that because once you go above that, now you're just pouring acid into your legs, and then you might have residual acid left over when the race starts, and then you're already starting at a disadvantage. So you want to do like a slow, gradual ramp, say from you know 45 or 50 percent of FTP up to maybe 90, 95 percent FTP. And then take a couple minutes, spin around. Your legs haven't really been taxed. And then do a couple really short maximum effort bursts to get your legs used to that feeling of, all right, we're going racing now. We're going to have to push everything. But when I say short, I mean three, four seconds tops. Just okay. to trigger, just to get your mind in sync with your muscles, getting them to go bang. But again, you're not really accumulating any meaningful lactate or lactic acid. Sorry. And that's, and that's, you know, perfect for Elise and the folks who are living in New Orleans because, you know, they can ride their bike to the, to the lake for the, the race is at a location where there's a bunch of actually road to ride around. So yeah, at least, you know, you ride up to the race, maybe drop your bag off and then go back out on the lakefront and then, you know, and get yourself warmed up with some efforts. Um, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Can you, uh, Thomas, can you expand on uh, your no breaking point? <laughs> Yes, please. That's what everyone says. And I'm like, sure, but I really like my breaks. Yeah, <laughs> you got to break. You got to break. But the the point is when you get to the end of a race in the really critical part, um, if you touch the brakes, you're going backwards. And everybody's full out at that point. And you could go from fourth wheel to 40th wheel in you know a couple seconds. And I know it gets really sketchy. Um but it's more dangerous the slower you're going. Because if you're going, let's say, 30 Ks an hour, and everybody's going 40 Ks an hour, you're at a disadvantage. They've got the power over you. But if you can go that little bit faster than them and stay out in front, then you're ahead of the swarm, you're out of danger, and then you have space to maneuver. But once you start going backwards, it's over. Do you have, um, you know, like, are there specific drills or, you know, um I don't know, like practice that you can do to kind of like get used to the process of letting go of your brakes? Uh, that's just going to take a leap of faith and a lot of racing. Okay. All right. <laughs> what you can do, though, to get more comfortable in the bunch is grab a couple people, go out into a field, and just wearing sneakers on your road bike, just practice like leaning into each other, you know, trying to knock each other over. Uh -huh. Just so you get comfortable being lent against and leaning into somebody and shifting your balance on the bike, leaning the bike underneath you and leaning the other way and just really getting comfortable, comfortable. Like, all right, if somebody touches my bars or touches my shoulder or touches my hip, I'm going to be fine. Cause you, okay. no matter how comfortable you are with it, when there's contact made, you, you have that instant of, Oh shit. Right. <laughs> and so the more you can practice that, the better. Okay. And again, I guess that's where the don't panic part comes in, right? It's uh, don't even, even though if you panic, you're dead. Yeah. And, that, and that actually, that you could also say don't break comes. You know, sometimes if you get hit, you want to grab brakes and flinch up, and then. But if you're able to just kind of roll with it and stay loose, then uh, you're still going to be moving the same speed, and you just got to adjust your body a bit. Yeah, yeah I mean, somebody, uh, Thomas, I'm assuming if you were uh, when you when you touched wheels on the last lap of the uh, Harlem skyscraper, if you'd have grabbed a handful of brake at that point instead of just relaxing and kind of going with it, if you grabbed a bunch of brake, you probably would have gone down. Maybe I definitely wouldn't have been top ten. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if as soon as you make contact, if you have a little bit of space in front of you, accelerate. Because if you can get you know five inches in front of their wheel, then they've got to move. They either have to move or crash. If they're yeah. behind you, then I mean you're going to be fine. All right. So just go faster. <laughs> Make contact. Go faster. Okay. That, that sounds yeah. that sounds easy, right? The 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 exit is to in front of you, not behind you or to the side. Mm. 
Um, so, you know, how about something like a, a basic, I think this is something I've continued to struggle with in, in my criteriums and is that I, I burn a lot of power um, coming out of turns because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm losing the wheel in front of me. Um, I, I admit there's been a few times where I've like found that flow where I've been really, I can stay on the wheel in front of me and I'm anticipating the, the correct speed and when to feather brakes and when to let off. But what would be your sort of basic guidelines to, uh, you know, nine degree crit turn and, and the way to not waste energy doing that? Uh, so what I'm about to say does not apply to the last 10 laps or the last five laps or like when things really pick up. Okay. But what you can try is, so you're all going through the turn, single file, maybe two by two, uh, three by three, it was really hectic. Um, everybody wants that wheel. You know, you're sprinting full gas cause you want to hold on to that wheel and you don't want anybody else to take it. Instead, what you can do is sprint at 70 or 80% swing out a little bit, let the gap open. Everybody behind you is going to panic. Mm. They're going to freak out. They're going to want that wheel. You ease it up to speed at 80%. You lose five wheels. Then you slot in. And then when it, the pace inevitably slackens, then bang, you take out 20 wheels, you're back in the front. And you can just do that again and again and again. That's exactly so, the mistake I made yeah. last night is the gap was there and I'm I'm the one doing all the work and then everybody else comes around me and I'm tapped out. Yeah, so basically yeah. You're, you're, you're not driving the accordion open and closed, you're riding the accordion open and closed. Oh, exactly. Use the momentum of the group to your advantage. Yeah, um, I, th- I think that's one of the things for like first, you know, I'm I'm new to crits really. I think I've only done a couple so far and and uh, two or three, and that's w- that's where I find is my is my weakest point. I'm not um, staying relaxed with that coming out of the corner. I'm burning way too much energy, and then. I'm ending up like blowing up a bit and then having to recover and then ending, you know, and then the group rides away from me. So another thing that people do wrong is that, um, they break too late. So they stay on the gas like hard into the corner thinking, all right, I'm going to carry as much speed as I can into this turn. And then it'll be easier on the other side because I'm carrying speed, but it doesn't work out like that. It doesn't work out like that because you get that little bit of a bunch in an accordion and then you have to apply the brakes harder than you really need to. Mm-hmm. And so instead, if as you're coming up to the turn, you back off that wheel in front of you a little bit, let a little bit of a gap open, then you can carry less speed but more fluidly through the turn. And then it's just easier to close down that gap. And if you time it right, the gap that you let open before the turn closes through the turn. And then you don't even have to sprint. Okay. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that does. Um, so you're sort of you're you're but, closing the gap in the turn. Yeah, but late in the race when everybody's fighting, as soon as you let that gap open, somebody's going to take it, and then you're in the same situation. Okay. Yeah. So a little bit of so you kind of so that I mean that 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 is also a part of crits too is is really breaking down the race into sections. Yeah. Um. And also, that's the benefit of racing in the back on an easy course. You can let the gaps open, and nobody's gonna fight you. Nobody's gonna fight you for a hundredth wheel, like. And if they do, you can just laugh at them. <laughs> take, well, take it easy. Um, you know, my my teammates and I have been talking about it since last night. You know, what do we want to try for the next time? What do we want to work on? Um, and I mean, when I told them, hey, you know, I'm, uh, I'm gonna call in to yeah, you ride. I said, um, you know, does anyone else have any questions? And and we talked about, you know, what we kind of want to work on and things like that for the next three weeks. Well, the nice thing about it, you've got the same course that you're going to be racing over the next three weeks. You've got the same group of women that you're going to be racing with over the next three weeks. So the variables are all, you know, going to be the same and you can really practice, you know, getting comfortable with that and, and, and working on some skills within kind of a, a, a known set of variables there, you know? I've got one more thing to bring up about that is the, um, which certainly affected the race last night, and that's the wind. Um, yeah. So 
you know, we had, I mean, at any time, the, the, you know, you, when you're getting like a head crosswind, obviously, ad, you know, your advice for when, it, when you're on a, a relatively windy course as we w- were there out on the lakefront. Uh, so you got to be in the front. Um, did it get like echeloned out, people in the gutter? Was it single file? I mean, were people racing the crosswinds or was it just kind of an annoyance? Uh, de- they definitely were. People were definitely putting other people in the gutter, you know, like they, they would race the gutter so that the people behind them wouldn't, wouldn't have any, you know, yeah. any protection. It, it was all strung out in the gutter. Yeah. Um, it looked so brutal. something to work on, um, find a patch of road that where like the asphalt just runs right into the grass. So there's no drop off or ledge or anything. Mm. And at a slow speed, practice riding as close to the grass as you can and pick your head up. So don't look at it. Ride by feel. So like you, you should be able to feel your tire like starting to hit little chunks of grass right where the asphalt breaks up and just practice doing that real slow. And then pick up speed, pick up speed, pick up speed. And what this is going to do is it's going to give you confidence to ride right on the edge of that road. Mm-hmm. Because if you're a little timid and you're six inches from the edge of the road, now you're exposed in the wind and you're getting shelled out the back. But if you can really ride on that razor's edge and just kind of stick your head around then you're still getting a decent draft and you're going to be fine in the crosswinds. That's something that I don't do enough, but every time I do it and I get in a windy race, I'm like, oh, this was a really good idea. This is a piece of cake now. And that's something that you could do on any ride. And it, it's just a drill. That's okay. a great drill. I mean, we have we have wind here. We don't have hills. We have wind. And, and I could see that coming in really useful and uh i want to go try that drill now and, and so thomas you're saying in a windy race um you know conventional wisdom you would think you'd want to be you know tucked away somewhere you know behind a bunch of people you're saying in a windy race like that you need to be yeah. up toward the front you got to be in the front because if they go half road on you and so let's say four people are in an echelon mm-hmm. so they're the, the front guy he's in the wind then you get three people getting decent shelter and then maybe one or two guys in the gutter are still getting an okay draft. But beyond, behind that, it's all the same. Everybody's suffering. Everybody's exposed. And you're just flat out. And so if you can fight your way into that echelon, do it. Because that's second wheel, third wheel, that's the sweet spot, right, where you want to be. And in that situation, it's better to contribute. You know, use some energy to mm. stay in that front bit. Um, that's gonna save you more energy in the long run than trying to hide well that's yeah that's great advice Tap through, take your turn get back in the echelon just roll on through like that yeah i definitely yeah. think we saw that happen because in all the races there was definitely some big splits where the the sort of the pack that contested the sprint was uh, working together pretty well yeah so Thomas, we got to get uh, we got to get on with the rest of this podcast. But I wanted to ask you one last thing. I, I, I sent you a a photograph in Facebook Messenger, and it looks like you may have gotten it and seen yeah. it. I uh, have. So we'll do a quick uh, let's do a quick trash or panache on this one. Be careful because uh, this is our series leader jersey. Uh, I, 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 oh man! I, I, surprise I segment. Surprise segment. I want to I want to know is this worth making a trip down to New Orleans to come win this thing? Because we're pretty proud of it and think it's kind of sweet. And I just want to get your thoughts. I like it, but I think it needs more purple. Oh. I hey, I like purple. That's a good idea. <laughs> purple and green. I mean. That's all I know. Oh, no, oh, no, no. no. You, when you said green, you said green. No. You're going Mardi Gras, man. We got to stay away from the Mardi Gras. <laughs> do you want to, do you want yeah. to add a fleur-de-lis to yeah. that, too? No Mardi Gras, <laughs> no fleur-de-lis, no beads, no po' boys. Well, hey, Thomas, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to call in and answer Elise's questions. And Elise, thanks, yeah, thank for, you. thanks for being a, a loyal podcast listener. And uh and yes, multi-time, sir. multi-time uh, guest, and um, guys, this is awesome. And we will uh, talk to you, Thomas, offline about a couple other things that are coming up down here next year that we want to chat with you about, and uh, and also the idea maybe of doing a little guest blog post with some of these uh, crit uh, racing strategies, which I know you have a, a lot more in the tank when it comes to advice on crits that we don't have time to talk about right now. So we'll get back to you offline about that one. For sure. Thomas, before we let you go, uh, what's next for you racing-wise? 
Uh, I'm going to do a couple of local time trials just for fun. And then, uh, I don't know, Boise or something. I don't know. Somewhere far. So not no Nats for you? Uh, not pro Nats, no. I'll do amateur Nats, but they're at the end of July. Okay. Yeah, end of July. Yeah, yeah, because it will. I got to Pronouns are happening now. All right, Boise, huh? So you, you're going to travel out to the Boise Twilight Crit. All right, that's awesome. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if like you said, the offer is open. Uh, I got I got a fold-out catch. If you want to come down, Hunt uh, Train Beach Summer Series, you saw the jersey. We'll put some purple duct yep. tape on it for you. Uh, you know, so <laughs> right, <we> can, perfect. <laughs> There's no yep. green. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you you, uh, you you've got a disadvantage because uh, Sam LeBlanc has uh, ten points already, and uh, you know, but I, I, you know, I think you could you could probably uh, you could probably grab a few points in the next uh, the next three races. I guess I'll just have to quit my job and move down there for the rest of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice and warm. Yeah, yeah. warm yeah, I real here. warm, real warm. Okay, guys. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, we will let you guys on with your evening. Yeah, and hopefully, maybe awesome. we'll catch up with you uh, after amateur nets, Thomas. Yeah, hopefully, I have three wins in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks, guys. All right. Good night. Bye. 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 Well, thank you uh, very much to Thomas Gibbons and Elise Bahasa for uh, joining us uh, in that segment. Yeah. And a lot of good tips from Thomas. And I'm excited to see what Elise and the Urban South Racing Women's Squad uh, does with that. And all our listeners, too. So if you uh, if you feel like you learned some stuff from Thomas and you use them at Pontchartrain Beach Summer Series, well, let us know. Uh, we'll, we'll share that with Thomas. Yeah. Uh, guys, but let's let's talk about uh, last night. We were doing a special Thursday evening recording because we had a lot of work we were trying to get done. Uh, we were all cramming for exam on Wednesday. Towns and I were trying to put the race on. Matt was trying to put in you know two or three weeks worth of training into one night to get ready, <laughs> um, getting his getting his bolts all tightened. And yeah, how'd that work screwed. out for you, Matt? Uh, well, it, it, you know, I, hey, I finished a race. Hey, good job. You yeah. raced, and um, I did not crash. But yeah, it was a blast. Thanks everybody for coming out. Um, I know that a lot of people that listen to this podcast are also amongst uh, the folks that were out there at the race last night. So thank you guys for making it happen. And it's been a dream of ours to, to do a weekly evening crit series for a few years. And we finally pulled the trigger and we're able to do it this year. And we were able to do it thanks to our sponsors uh, who deserve a little bit of a shout out real quick here. Uh, Massey's uh, Outdoors. Uh, Bike Law, Louisiana, Porsche of New Orleans, Swirl Wine Bar, Han Enterprises, Roulet Cycling, uh, Kind Human Bicycle, Urban South Brewery, our team sponsor and beer sponsor for the event. Uh, we've just uh, got a lot of people that are helping us make this happen. So thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, Bodie, what do you think? What are your takeaways from that race? Well, you and I had a lot of takeaways. Um, we learned a lot from race one. Uh, I feel a lot more confident going into uh, next week's race. Yep. Um, and uh, I think overall it went well. I think I was kind of so crazed and running around trying to do a million things that, and sometimes I feel like I was a little like a deer caught in headlights uh, to fully um, uh, really enjoy the scene. But looking back at some of like Charles's photos and even my photos. I was like, oh yeah, that was a pretty cool, pretty cool vibe going on there, and uh, seemed like we had three really good race fields. Uh, seemed like everybody had a great time, and that's that's really all I want to do is provide a venue uh, for people to race bikes and like hang out and have a little community. And uh, maybe next week we can have a little bit of food, uh, a little more beer, and uh, the party will fully be rocking and rolling. Tell you one thing mm -hmm. that did not disappoint yesterday was the weather. Had beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous. beautiful weather. A little breezy out there, as uh, Elise uh, sort of alluded to uh, in her uh, questions and comments about uh, racing in the wind. But, Bo, do you want to give a quick uh, shout-out to the winners of our various races? Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Up top of my head, in the 1-2-3-4 race, that's the uh, Porsche of New Orleans race, we had Sam LeBlanc uh, solo mm. uh, victory uh, with a sprint finish between Woody and Brian Bourgeois for second and third. And the... Cat 345 Swirl Race. We had 
Brandon Morvant uh, taking the sprint over Nader Resvani, who I believe sat up a bit too early, and Adam Stevens rounding up that podium uh, in the Women's Open in the same race, also presented by Swirl Wine Bar. We had our teammate Emily Full Gas taking the win ahead of Taylor Gorman, uh, rookie racer on the scene for Crush Racing, and Mignon Guerin uh, rounding up the podium in third for NOBC. And in the first race of today, we had the, in the women's 4-5 race, we had Taylor Gorman once again taking the win. We had Christina, Christina Larson in second and Jen Novak uh, in third. That's the Bike Law Louisiana race. Yes, in the Bike Law Louisiana race. Also had a Cat 5 field, and the winners of that was uh, Nola, uh, Nola <laughs> Fixed, Taylor Mills, mm. followed by our teammate Zach uh, Call Me Maybe Thomas in second place, and our other teammate Bjorn Hogg, in third three absolute sandbaggers right there (laughs) okay okay hang on not absolute sandbaggers out but uh that was that was bjarn's second road race ever yeah i i I, look they are legitimate cat five (laughs) road racers believe uh, you me these this race director will make sure all sandbaggers are in and out i did receive a text message from a friend who will remain nameless who saw the podium photo in that men's fives race and said how in the f are those three dudes cat fives and and again like you say they are because they uh, They don't race the road race the road but uh, those are three fast guys I mean, we also had a juniors race, yeah. uh, and in the juniors race, we had Matthew Taylor winning, um, and uh, two brothers rounding at the podium, Mark and Matthew Graffinini, a couple guys uh, that uh, race BMX bikes, and uh, they showed up with their family, and I actually had a third brother who was also in the race, didn't make the podium, so uh, we had six juniors racing, so that was an awesome start for the, for the juniors, and, those, and thanks those- for coming out, guys. Mark and Matthew were on BMX bikes. They were, <laughs> I guess. The, and they I were know. they were they were ripping that sprint finish, uh, spinning out those gears. Yeah, well, that gear. Sorry. Um, right, so next uh, next race is next Wednesday, uh, June twenty seventh. Yep. Everyone who's listening who races the uh, race the race yesterday, please keep your numbers. Yes. Mm. Uh, and guys, if you have your numbers, you can use those numbers. Uh, and keep your eye on Facebook over the coming days. We're going to be revealing a Swirl Wine Bar. Let's just promo. announce it here. Go for it, Bodie. You know. All right. It. So Swirl ba- uh, Swirl Wine Bar is very happy to give out a free glass of wine. Uh, I believe whatever's on their daily special um, to anyone who brings in their uh, race number. And I believe that offer lasts until the end of July. So that's uh, every day. I can go get a free glass of wine. Well, Matt, just checking. I don't think so, and let's <laughs> let's not try and say that. All right. Um, you get you get a complimentary glass of wine. Choose any buy the glass wine that is on our current menu. Mm. This offer is good starting today through June thirtieth. Okay, awesome. so the end of June, and All maybe right. that'll encourage people to hang on to their numbers because now yes, they can get a free indeed. glass of wine with it. Yeah. If you come to the race uh, next week and you don't have any number, it's going to cost you one thousand euros for a new number. Okay. And speaking of numbers. Uh, I thought it was very sweet that you guys gave the number one to Randall Leger, uh, local legend, the, the the king of New Orleans road racing. Yes, I would indeed. Say. He well, deserves yeah, it. I think, yeah, I think if anybody was going to get it, uh, it was Randy. Happy to do that. Uh, and thanks, Randy, for officiating and then jumping into the one, two, three, four race when your legs are pretty cold. Speaking of local legends, our local legend, Stephanie Smith, went up to uh, U.S. Net Masters Nats and uh, won some races, right? I think she, well, she won mm. best all around rider. And I should have done more research and had the results in front of me, but she got like second in the time trial, she got second in the crit. Mm-hmm. And third in the road race, I believe. Yeah, yeah. podium, um, podiumed every race, and then yeah, and got best all around it. Yeah, phenomenal in result. the thirty-five to thirty-nine range. So, uh, great job, Stephanie. We forgive you for not being out there uh, last night. Uh, I, you definitely needed a recovery week, but hopefully, we'll see you uh, next week. And also, our, I was gonna, sorry, I was going to say also up there was uh, hopefully he's a friend of the podcast, but we know. Uh, <laughs> But uh, all-around great guy, uh, Peter Reed, uh, was up there, and he got second in the Masters time trial. Yeah, he... he, he 40 he, to 44 age group. Current Lambra time trial champ. 
Got second in his age group, right behind uh, old beast uh, Michael Olhauser. So that's 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 a pretty good second place. Yeah. Uh, today, speaking of time trials, today was the USA Pro Nats. Oh um, yeah, I did not. I did. I I thought it was today. We mentioned it earlier, didn't we? Uh, we were talking about it earlier, and yeah, it was. I did not. It was today. So what happened there? Amber and, Amber Neben won uh, her second in a row gold medal. Yeah, I would say multiple. She's won a bunch. I feel like she's kind of a time trial freak. Yeah. Uh, Joey Roscoff, one on the men's side. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, did you guys see or hear that there uh, there is a rumor that at not, not this year, this year is the last year that they're going to have the trade team team time trial. My you know you know the team time trial is obviously my favorite discipline. <laughs> uh, so this is the last year of the trade team team time trial. The rumor is that next year there will be a national team time trial in the World Championships, but it's going to be men and women together. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Matt. Are you sorry? Are they adding this as a category, the combo, or they're replacing? This would replace the the trade team time trial. It will be a country based, a national based team time trial. Team time trial, but it will be a mixed group of men and women. Oh, so, so they will only it will only be a mixed team time trial. Now. Yep. This is cool. the rumor. This is nothing confirmed at this point. But Into this is- it. Yeah, I, I love the idea in theory, and obviously it sort of plays into the idea of parity between men and women in cycling. I do wonder how it plays out in practice, though, uh, because ultimately, I mean, obviously given the fact that the most elite men time trialists are inevitably going to be faster than the most elite female time trialists in any country. Does this really come down to a situation where the team with the fastest woman time trialist is essentially uh, going to be given a, a, a big advantage? I mean, does it really come down to the fastest woman? Well, I, I mean, I, if you look at, say, like the Tour de France or something like that, you know, we've, we've had a lot of team time trials this year already, right? Because there's going to be a team time trial in the Tour. So in the Tour de Suisse, oh, the Tour de Suisse and in uh, Romandie, they had team time trials because, not Romandie, sorry, uh, the Dauphiné, they had team time trials to, to get ready. And the thing with the team time trial is there's always going to be stronger riders than others in the team time trial. And... You know, your your GC person isn't necessarily going to be the strongest time trialer or time trialist. Time trialer, time trialist. But I think what's interesting here is there are certain countries, I think, that would would have a certain advantage based upon having, if they've got three women and three men, for example, in the team time trial, I would think that the USA could be very strong in that because they have some very, very strong women time trialists i think the netherlands would be very strong as well um so it's really so this is about who who can who can gel the best who can work together as a team the well and who is yeah who is drinking their national kool-aid the best yeah so um let's move on to some speaking of time trialing this is actually not a time trialing thing not a good segue (laughs) um but i thought it was interesting that the owner of aqua blue was throwing mm. some shade online uh, about his team and their use of uh, one by bikes. His bike. He was throwing some shade at their bike sponsor, Three T Bikes. Had right? to wonder when that was going to inevitably happen. Uh, when they really took that huge, huge leap of faith and went with the one by drivetrain for their road cycling team. So well, you, so you got to think that if you're 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 a guy of the Pro Conti team, you're trying to find bike sponsors, you're trying to. You're, so Cervello says, yeah, we'll give you bikes, but it's got to be one by. 3T, not Cervello. Although 3T is owned by, now owned by one of the original Cervello okay. owners. Yeah. All right. So so yeah. th- so the bike sponsor says, here, here's a great deal on bikes. You got it, but you got to do one by. You're desperate. You say, yes, okay. Well, you, you, sign the, you sign the contract, and now here you are midway through the season. You haven't made any Grand Tours. Mm. Where are your results? And right, 
is the one by Scapegoat? Is it... Well, well, and then if you're the bike sponsor and you've been running the one by drivetrain, do you cave in and say, okay, start running it with a, with a two by? You can't. You can't. Oh, you can't bike. run that bike with the two by. No, That's right. There is can't. no way to mount a front derailleur on that bike. So guess what they do? Uh, guess what they did in the team time trial in the Tour de Suisse? What do they do? They ran their bikes from last year. They're Ridley uh, time trial bikes. They don't have, 3T doesn't make a TT bike. So what? Wow. I didn't even think about that. That This is a whole, this is a whole can of worms right, right. there. If it, um, if you it look goes at, deeper than that. Well, yeah. it, it does. And I think, you know, it's one of those cases where, okay, so they're running like a 40 something with a nine tooth gear on the back. Uh, the small gear and then like a, a huge big dinner plate, you know, so they got this big spread of gears, but think of all the jumps between gears and you're on a, looking at some of those Tour de Suisse stages. One of them was first thing, go up a big mountain, come down it and then like 80 K on the flat in the valley mm. and then up another big mountain to finish. You need to have all the goddamn gears you can, you can use. And I think, you know, it's got to be hard on the legs to have those jumps. But It may have the same range or whatever, but you, you're going to have a much bigger jump between gears. All I'm saying is, as soon as I read the first press release about how this was happening, I could have almost guaranteed that something like this was going to happen toward the middle of the season. Right. It just seemed inevitable that that was going to have to go down. And not only that, Adam Blythe was in a race in, I think, Belgium or Holland or whatever, and he was doing pretty well in the race, and his uh, through axle skewer came unscrewed during the race. I don't know. So a lot of issues going on for those guys. So speaking of equipment, um, and I and I just I just heard this, and I thought it was I just want to briefly touch on it. The Shimano is introducing a new proprietary uh, micro spline hub, um, and I so. Just the fact that they're making a new hub that's then they're not giving out the rights or whatever, so it's going to be proprietary. Yay! Wow. Okay. Mm. And um, so they're going to be campy. I guess. Yeah. There you go. I'm. And, and what is what is the purported use uh, or, or smaller reasoning behind hub this? diameter means you can put a smaller tooth cog. Uh, so for twelve speed, you can put. A ten. You or said the Aqua Blue is nine. 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 Yeah. I think they so, have a nine. That's a very. That's a special version of the SRAM Mountain uh, hub uh, cassette carrier. Yeah. Anyway, so if anybody, so I'm I'm just here to buy everybody's parts they're going to sell mm. when they upgrade to Campy Twelve Speed and this new Shimano Mini Mini Tiny Lifesaver Hub. Right, because you're still way back on 10-speed, right? I am, 10-speed. Yeah. So, uh, so Matt, this one will warm your heart. Speaking mm. of gear, uh, this is um, I'm looking actually over Instagram, and uh, I'm looking for it, and I couldn't find it. It's actually on her Instagram story, so it's not on her page anymore. But Ali Tetrick posted a photograph of herself in an aero gravel helmet. Ooh. I know you, <laughs> wait, I know you wait, love the aero whoa, gravel. Whoa. Wait. Wait, wait. Hang on. Okay, what Let's is just, it? Wait. I, what, an air, it's... How? It's gravel specific arrow. Yeah, well, how does that even mean? Okay, make? I'm sorry. It's not gravel specific arrow. <laughs> okay. She was in a gravel ride or a gravel uh, race, and she was wearing an arrow helmet. Okay, so like, that's about as arrow gravel as it gets. Yeah. So there you was, go, Matt. Did she did she have clip on bars? I don't know the answer to that. I didn't see that much. I just literally, I'm saying, I just happened to see it on her Instagram story, and and the I think she maybe hashtagged it arrow gravel. So mm. there you go, Matt. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, speaking of gravel, I want to give a shout out and a big ups and a look out for uh, our teammate Ali Mariano wrote two articles about Dirty Kanzo. Yeah. One of them was in the last Sunday's Times Picayune, and the other is on Pretty Damn Fast. So mm-hmm. go check them out. Well written. Uh, one is a profile on her and Elise and Christina's trip at Dirty Kanza and their race, and the other one is a profile on one of the, the organizers of the race. So very cool. Uh, go check them out. With yeah. photos by our other teammate, Sarah Sneath. And Great the photos. Pick article. Yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah, so the Times Pick one is on NOLA.com. You can see it there. Yep. So guys, let's do a quick lightning round on what's been happening in That's uh, what pro road doing, cycling. <laughs> it's all lightning all the uh, time. Yeah, so I've missed a lot of pro racing. I'm mm. excited for things to come. Uh, we had, when I was driving across country, I was able to listen to the OVO. 
OVO. Mm. OVO Women's Tour. Women's Tour. The Cycling Podcast had daily episodes, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And big up to... The Cycling Podcast Feminin. Yes, that's yeah. right. Uh, an American won the stage race. Yeah. And not an American known for winning stage races. No, and interesting. She's never won a pro uh, World Tour women's stage race before. Well, she's known more as a sprinter, and you wouldn't think that she is the type of rider that would win overall GC in the Still haven't said her name race. yet. Corinne Rivera. Yeah, okay. I just wanna, yeah. Team Sunweb. And and she really, and, and frankly, it was great teamwork by Sunweb and yeah. solid individual performance by her when it mattered that, that led to that win. She got a lot of help on the Hillier stages from her team, really just shutting down breaks and uh, a lot of great social media from from uh, Corinne Rivera and the Sunweb team. A lot of backpats from her to her teammates. It was really, really yeah. special. A real, a real uh, display of the kind of interplay between the individuality of cycling as a sport and the teamwork aspect of cycling yeah. on display in in that tour. Uh, congrats to her. Another big takeaway from that race: Marianne Voss, not in, not in any mood to go away anytime soon. Finished second overall on GC in that race, yeah. and uh, she looked really strong. So, wait, where is she going? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, she's been around for a long, long time, and but, I know. mean, she's had she's had a um, she's had a couple of tough years, hasn't she? I mean, yeah, two okay. or three tough years where um, she she had that overtraining, she's had yeah. injuries, um, all kinds of stuff, but she seems back and full of racing. And I think there's been a new real, I mean, a real injection in that team uh, with uh, with Danny Rowe, uh, formerly Danny King, um, who finished. Third in the on GC. third on GC um, had a really bad crash the day before the last stag day. party. Uh, no, <laughs> unlike unlike her uh, brother-in-law, no, she did not crash at a stag party. Um, but she had a bad crash. She was still oh, she's with not. That's not his husband. Her husband. Her his brother is. Oh, her oh okay, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, Sorry. Matt Rowe, not not Luke Rowe. This is not lightning. Is her husband? Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, you know, she just moved to the team this year and I think it's been a real inspiration for her from what she said is like riding with Mariana Voss, like she said, the greatest woman cyclist of all time, you know, and really drawing inspiration and making her making pushing her harder and her working for Mariana, leading her out, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it was touch and go whether she would start that final stage and she she managed she was even tweeting if somebody could bring uh an ice compression machine or whatever for her knee for for the last day and somebody actually did drive one over from like 50 miles away or something so you know pretty pretty amazing uh that she managed to actually start that stage and finish it and get third so well congratulations to you matt you won our stcc women's (laughs) fantasy tour league it was between you and i i guess no one else uh no one else bothered to uh to enter but uh you you did well and you won that one and kudos to velo games for doing a women's uh ovo women's tour fantasy league uh tour de suisse that's next on the docket richie port wins that one is he a factor for the tour de france after his performance in the tour de suisse Mm -hmm. oh Okay, Bodie says no. No, just that no. Uh, I don't know. He looked <laughs> he looked solid. I'll say yes. Why okay. not? And uh, then I think my next takeaway from uh, Tour de Suisse, both uh, Landa and Quintana in the race. Landa actually did some work for Quintana. Quintana finishes in second second overall. Yep. Uh, have Landa and Quintana buried the hatchet, and will they get along and work no. with each other for the tour? No. Nope. <laughs> all right well those are hot matt congratulations to you again i, I won you that one won the, the uh, stcc yeah. fantasy league tour and, as well and did we did we talk about the uh, criterium de dauphine before i think we might have skipped that too, we right? we have skipped that and we've got that next on our lightning round agenda yeah. oh i cannot uh, keep up with all these races i missed while i was gone super yeah. g garrett thomas wins that yeah. he's now talking about re-signing with sky but only if sky wants to make him their their number one rider for the tour de france is that crazy talk what's Ooh, going on i didn't hear that i yeah. like that All right. well, I he think didn't that... say as much but he he mega hinted at that he's up for his contracts up for renewal and he wants to lead a team do you do you think he said that because he wants to leave sky uh i don't think he wants to leave sky i think he would like to stay there but i think it's 
it's hard for anybody else. Seeing as Froome, in inverted commas, just won three Grand Tours in a row, uh, how does anybody else get to be GC lead? at that team you don't well if everyone listens to bernard eno and boycotts <laughs> the tour de france if chris Froome win uh races and ultimately chris Froome is is somehow pushed out of the tour maybe uh garrett thomas becomes the leader of sky under those that, circumstances that so is bernard, the only way i see it bernard eno is calling for a strike yeah very right? french bad, of him the badger is calling for a strike Remember when uh, Eno was in uh, Paris-Nice and there was a strike that was blocking his race? One of the world's most famous cycling photographs ever of Bernard yeah, Eno punching the farmers. punching out the strikers, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Huh, yeah. how we change when we age. Uh, uh, so, speaking of the Tour de France, um, did you guys see that Caleb uh, Ewan is out? Yes, Mitchelton Scott all in on GC and putting together a team to support Yates in the mountains. Good team they've put together to support him. Kind of, kind of yeah, like the looks of that team. How do you you don't bring a sprinter to the Tour de France? Well, not uh, if you're all in on GC. GC and Sky does. Who, who's who's Sky's sprinter on in the Tour? Remember, you've only got eight riders now. That's true. Instead of nine. Okay. All so, right. So and rumor Wait, is when, okay. Sorry. When's the last time we had uh, a, a dual? Dual team leader to GC. Wiggins with Cavendish. And send that didn't work out. Cav won three stages. Wiggins won the tour. That's not bad. Yeah, it's so not it can't bad. be done. Wigo leading out Cav on the Champs Elysees. Yeah, that was classic. Oh, uh, yeah, that was good. That's classic. That was good. He uh, wasn't really leading that. They had like 10 laps to go, but yeah. No, it was on the final lap. Really? Yeah. In the yellow jersey. Dude, I'm gonna yes, it was. It up. It's, it's great true. stuff. It's true. I mean, it I happened. feel like I kind of this. That was my first tour. At, no, sorry, my oh first my tour was Cadell. So Cadell <laughs> winning. That was the year before. Yeah, yeah. YouTube that. It's beautiful stuff. Seeing Wigo and Yellow uh, leading leading out the sprint. Yeah. Um, so in 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 stark contrast to Mitchelton Scott going all in on GC, we've got Lado Sudal going all in on stage wins. Uh, no GC, they basically put together a stage poaching squad, which I have to say, love it. Okay, love Question Lado Sudal. Uh, I heard a rumor Adam Hansen was potentially going to be there. Is he is he <laughs> in there or not? I think he is out. He's out. Okay. He's out. I mean, he he planned to be out before the Volta last year. I know. They but called then... him back in. Um, but and also for Lotto Sudal, sad emoji. No Tim Wellens, uh, which makes sense. I mean, well, he's he not a Grand a Tour work. rider. He did, but he did. I mean, he was in the Giro, right? Oh, that's right. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. Yeah. He won a stage. So uh, <laughs> just quickly back. So yeah, I mean, he is a Grand Tour rider. So scratch what I just said. Quickly back to you and uh, rumors are he is going somewhere else for next season, which is unsurprising that now they've turned into a GC team. Yeah, Although you know, they still haven't got a GC. When when he 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 went on Twitter and expressed his disappointment, tagged the team in the Twitter post. Oof. That seems like an exit interview right there. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So Lotto Sudal. Maybe he all can be in. a sky sprinter. Oh, maybe he can get a Movistar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of Movistar, <laughs> Lotto Sudal's all in on poaching stages. Mitchelton Scott's <laughs> all in on GC. Movistar, I just have here on my notes, all in. They're just all in. <laughs> they're all in on the podium. They're all in on, yeah. I mean, they're just all in on. So they're, they're all in on team GC. Are they going for a podium sweep? I, I, no. <laughs> I, I just don't see how this is going to work. Oh, you know, Valverde just won a stage race, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Valverde going to be Valverde. Was it Tour de, Tour de Beauce or something like that or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Wait, Tour de Beauce. It's a lesser one, but he He's won not it. in Tour de Beauce. I mean, can you imagine if Valverde Oh, no, came Tour de Beauce. To... Oh, that's Canada, right? <laughs> yeah. It's Tour de something. It's something French-sounding. Oh, anyway, gosh. he just won some race in France. Tour de Bourgneon. Another, another, another stage race. Tour de l'Oiseau. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's either, it's either going to be the greatest move ever. Yeah. Or it's going to absolutely implode, then explode, then implode again, and turn into a giant shitstorm. And it, there's going to be like poop emojis <laughs> in every Instagram post about it. You know what? It's, last last year at the end of the Giro, or maybe it was the end of the Tour de France, we were talking about how we couldn't wait for this Tour de France because we thought all the big names are going to be there, and they are, except Pinot. Uh, Dumoulin's going to be there, mm. um, and he Froome, says he's going for it. Yeah. 
So, but here we are, two grand tours later, and it's not quite as shiny as I'd hoped it would be. Um, but it's going to be an interesting, um, interesting July. Yeah, I. Well, of course, the other thing is ASO are trying to block Froome from going. Right? Is is that still happening? Are they still? I don't know. Trying to block? Who knows? I don't know. I don't think they can. Yeah. No. I don't think they're able to. Uh, that's still up in the air. Who knows what's going to happen with that? Well, we'll get, we'll have to get a Velo Games, yeah, you ride podcast league going. Yep. Um, and of course, we Townsend's will. already picked his team. <laughs> it's easy when you just pick oh, Movie Star. Wait, but wait, hang on. What we didn't cover was who won the uh, fantasy uh, criterion because this is a criterium special today. Yeah. Who won the fantasy criterium de Dauphiné? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me let me go back. That was on the agenda but we skipped over it. Congratulations to you, Matt, for Thank winning you. our STCC fantasy Dauphiné. That is I uh, believe what they call in the sport of football a hat trick. 3 in a row. Uh, Wait. Not, well, it's not actually 3 in a row. I think I've got 6 stage races in a row. So, Double I know trick. about hat tricks from hockey. I didn't know that they had them in, in uh No, hat trick comes from football. Doesn't come from hockey? No. Okay. Uh readers, what do you guys think? Let us know. <laughs> um all right guys, well I know that uh Townsend is squirming in the seat cuz he's hot to trot to see his wife. I think we've got yeah. to wrap this show up. The special Thursday edition of the A Red podcast. Um, guys, sign us out. Uh, well, I'm signing off. This is the T-Bone saying I'll see you guys next week at the Pontchartrain Beach Summer Series, race number two. And I will also be there. This is Sir Cheerio, and I'm going to take some of Thomas's tips, and I'm going to ride the gutter all week. <laughs> and this is the Body Buddy saying, once again, please send us any questions, comments, or concerns to yayuride at gmail.com. Please rate us and review us on iTunes. That helps get this podcast out there. And I will also see you at the PBSS. Good night.